Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast where two friends talk to each other over the internet, which sometimes intermittently doesn't work, uh, but that's okay. Um, we spent a year talking about the nature of things. This year we're trying to figure out how we're going to actually do stuff, and that's what this is all about. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about how to do things that you really don't feel like doing. Like what? Eating your greens? Well, you know, when you just feel like relaxing and then you go, uh, no, instead of that, I'm going to get up at six in the morning, go to the bloody provinces and spend, <laughs> get home at 11 o'clock that night just because I'm trying to help people for some reason. I can't remember what it is now that I don't feel like getting out of bed. You know, that sort of thing. We've all got our furrows that we've ploughed, our normal habits, but then we've got this sense that we should be better, that we want to be yes. better people. Yes. But it's very hard to change course and it's very hard to sort of like accommodate new routines into our lives. But that's the only way we can foster change. So how, how can we do that when we, you know, in the moment you just don't feel like it? Yeah. In the moment you'd rather just do what you always do and be comfy and watch telly. Yeah. Last week, we talked about how to make stuff people like on the internet. I just wanted to add another couple of thoughts on that. One was something we didn't touch on, which is actually that attaching a worthy message to something can actually make it more appealing to people, which I was kind of, we were kind of talking as though the worthiness makes it hard for people to connect to. But I actually got some interest in music I was doing when I attached it to when I said I was giving away all the profits to a refugee charity last year um, because that, that it was attached to something a little bit more than just here's another narcissist in the world. Do you think that's a positive reflection on what does that mean? I think there's a market for feeling like you're thinking about serious stuff. That we yes. didn't really sort of think about last week. Yeah, and I think that, you know, th there's also this sort of like, what do they call it, like greenwashing and, you know, like making things look like they're in some way worthy when they're not, but tapping into some sort of worthiness. But I think in reality, if you can buy what you were going to buy anyway or listen to what you were going to, you know, you were looking for some new music and you've got a choice of random narcissist or random narcissist who's also donating to a refugee project i think you know it's a it's a nice win to go and go hey i'm gonna discover some new music and by buying it i'm gonna do something good i think that's a cool thing isn't it the other thing i was just going to mention the the, the reason the need for good equipment and photography and all this stuff really is so people can just see you the reason that you have good equipment to do things or you get it professionally done is just so that people aren't distracted by the technology being used to communicate something and can just kind of directly see what's happening. It's quite a timely thing because last week's Guilty Feminist episode had got technical issues. Uh. <laughs> there was an actual announcement at the beginning of the episode saying we've had some major technical difficulties this week and we're very sorry, but bear with us. And then it just 
isn't very good because it's basically it was active compassion which I thought was a very mm. interesting concept and it's a lot of the things we're of a similar mind when it comes to a lot of this being active in society we're just mm. coming at it from a different angle really but this idea that you've got to go beyond empathy and into active compassion but I did struggle to listen to it especially walking down the street because mm. there's too much other noise in okay. the world So how was your week, Ivanka? My week was good. I finished my project. I was very happy with the delivery of my project by the end of the project. The mm. dog is barking. Yeah, the he's really excited here. about your project too. <laughs> the dog is really excited about my project. I uh, know I delivered my report to Wellcome Trust. I was very happy with it. Sometimes when I am doing qualitative analysis, there's sort of, it takes time and you have to think about it. Mm. You have to do work. Yeah. And sometimes the the finding takes a lot of work to get to. On, on Friday before we spoke, on the podcast I was a bit like mm, so I don't know it's not quite what I want it to be it's not quite right and then Sunday I just had this four hour blast at it mm. and it all sort of fell into place and then I felt comfortable and confident and happy so when I was doing the, the delivery presentation on Tuesday I was in a great great space and I got to work with one of the visual designers who helped me work through a visual that helped tell the story quite well. So I was delighted, which is always nice and a bit of a boost. I don't like to finish a piece of work and be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday evening at bedtime, my daughter told me, she goes, Mummy, you're beautiful and you're a superhero. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's a great, you know, I'm feeling very bolstered by, <laughs> by my by my biggest little fan. Um, obviously, she's not very discerning. <laughs> I've had an annoying cough, which has been massively disrupting my sleep. Um, mm. And it seems to be like an attention-seeking cough. It's sort of tickly and sort of like... <laughs> but enough to be disruptive. And tomorrow we're off to Croatia, so oh, lots shit. to do. How was your week? I've had sort of some time between contracts, a little bit longer than I was expecting, which is kind of works for me. Got another video done, which I quite like. So if you want to see me make an alien's chest glow when you hold its hands and it makes a sound, then, you know, come and see that. <laughs> um, I got some clarity on this uh, other project and equity stuff that I need to make sure I understand before I say, OK, no, I will help you. But, yeah, beyond that, I think we'll have to uh, talk about our competition that we are having. <laughs> <laughs> we're yes. trying the uh, competitive altruism experiment and last friday evening i'm all ready to just have a nice relaxing weekend the new marvelous mrs Maisel series just came out had a haircut booked for the next morning and ivanka goes there's uh, someone's dropped out of this uh, mentorship thing with lizzie hodgson and uh, think nation and uh, what do you think do you want to do it and I was like, what's that mean? But what it basically involved was getting up at six in the morning, going to Canterbury, spending all day with some kids and then, uh, you know, watching a whole sort of like show in a theatre and basically getting back home at sort of 11pm that night. And uh, the reason I did it is partly because I needed some points. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I'll give you five points. <laughs> Our maximum score is five points. Or minus five, if you murder someone. And it was like, I didn't really have a good excuse not to. And you pushed this like, okay, you can get some points. I'll give you some points. 
And I was like, oh, my God, because I knew I had Monday off. So I was like, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I really just want to relax. But I have had a slightly lighter week. I really don't have any excuses. Don't want to do it. I really don't <laughs> want to do it. But I sort of should. So I mm. bit the bullet. I said, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you said, okay, I really don't have an excuse. Was really the, like, right, okay. And then I gave myself a couple of points for uh, making this app that made me do something. <laughs> Working on that. Because I did spit sink a bit of time into it, considering um, it only has two users. <laughs> it's nice, though. But meanwhile, I've seen you just been hot on my bloody tail. I'm like, there's no way I, Ivanka can beat me after what I just bloody did. <laughs> I have to say that having the competition has made me go, well, I can't have Michael beating me. <laughs> so it's like, so shall I phone up and offer to do this thing? Yes, I will. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I did... I did donate some money. I bought a help refugees present because mm. I was like, oh, quick, panic, panic, get some <laughs> points. And then I gave myself one point for that. But also there was um, on my existing theme of not leaving naysayers on the internet alone. So, you know, I posted something from the Extinction Rebellion and a friend of a friend sort of was commenting on the skills of the person speaking. Mm. And so my response was, how will you help? I mean, this wasn't a bad person. He wasn't being nasty. But it's so easy to sit and go, well, I don't think that's a very good idea. So, mm. OK, what's your idea? What would you do? Anyway, because of this conversation, I then made a few phone calls and did a bit of introing. And now I've got the, the speaker person, a couple of mentors to help, you know, improve the presentation skills and, you know, work on that, have somebody that will be a critical friend that will help. So I I orchestrated that where maybe I'd have let it lie. Yeah, I think (laughs) you you need more points than you've given yourself and you have beat me this week. Like, that's that's effort. Like, one is just the smallest act. If you're, like, ringing people up, arranging things... But it didn't take very long. Okay, how long did it take? I did phone the person... Because in some ways I agree, you know, I agreed slightly with the criticism. And I was like, it's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with your presentation. It's more that I don't think you can be too skilled if you're taking on this kind of a public face. Mm. Um, So, but I I had an acupuncture appointment, so I I chatted on my 15-minute walk. You know, I I made a few phone calls. It took Mm. half an hour. I I mean, that's, that's more than one point then. Is it? Yeah, that's a too easy. Exactly. Don't forget, this is logarithmic. One is like I changed direction. It's just I was conscious and mindful and did something. If you're ringing people up, making stuff happen, you got to get at least a two. Cool. So <laughs> we're either even on seven points each or, I don't know, leafleting. How much time did you spend on that? Um, it only took me 20 minutes to shove some labour leaflets <laughs> through some doors. <laughs> and I took the dog with me, so... Mm. You know, I think there's a lot of things you can do. What it proved to me is there's a lot of things I can do whilst I'm doing what I would do anyway. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know the English expression because I learned this in school in Croatia, but there's sort of, you know, when a lorry delivers something and then it comes back empty and you have a choice mm. between it coming back empty or it coming back filled with something on the return journey. So it's mm. that. So basically what I did was fill some of my return walks. journey lorry. 
my empty okay. lorries. You know. So you so okay. So it was it was a nudge. But I think like what's what's very different between you and me has been. And I think, I mean, this is in that women are from Mars, men are from Venus, what is it, men are from Mars, women are from <laughs> Venus book thing, like how men want to do it. And I don't know if this is how true this is, but it seems to reflect my experience, um, is this thing that men want to do a big thing and get, you know, and like live off that for a little while, whereas women like want to do a lot of different small things hunter gatherer right, <laughs> right. Is, is i don't know what the... i don't want to even necessarily tie this to our respective genders but you're definitely sort of taking a gathering approach to this whereas i'm sort of like okay i'm gonna donate yeah. a big chunk of cash to this and then that's me sorted for this week yeah yeah, um, yeah so i think i think it's good that we do reward multiple different engagements however small and also limit the number of points you can get for something that seems big because it's it's really sort of the more consistently mindful you are of what you're doing then i think that's probably a better strategy overall or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just two different attitudes, and I, maybe I can't really do that look because I'm a man. My testosterone. <laughs> Is that your excuse? I've got testosterone, you see, so that prevents me from doing that. Oh, I suffer from testosterone. <laughs> I think what it does demonstrate is the fact that both strategies come up with the same result. You know, I, okay. I didn't. You know, for me personally, I can't do a big grand thing. Mm. Just not. You know, so I did the chipping away option. It's that thing when you give yourself something to focus on. Like, you know, I, I bought those wireless scales a while ago, mm. a number of years ago, actually, and just regularly weighing myself with an app that has a trend graph just mm. makes me go, oh, hang on, that's good. Because I, I went for the, one of these over 40s health checkups that the NHS yeah. give and I'm all very healthy. And the, all the nurse said, yeah, everything's cool. She said, you know, just be be mindful of the creep. <laughs> it's apparently like, you know, as you, as you reach a certain age, uh, there can be a, a weight creep. So it's that kind yeah. of like... I'm worrying about that a lot. Like, And I, I'm sort of, I did consciously yesterday get, say, look, uh, you're getting on the scales. The fact you're doing that is really good because as soon as you sort of start to be to fear the scale, because I've got the wireless ones as well, I've got yeah, yeah, the se yeah. my second one that now has a little graph that shows you relative to yesterday to the last few days. And it's like I'm really fighting a creep and I'm getting into some sugary eating habits. But, I, but I think that's what having this little app as straightforward as it is, it's enough for you to go, oh, <laughs> what, what? I've got a choice of walking to acupuncture and, you know, having a moment, which is fine, or listening to a podcast, or I could make a phone call. So, yeah, you know, it's good. It's, uh, just to, just to, and just to clarify to the listeners, <laughs> because <laughs> like, we did talk about this, but I, I think this, the idea of competitive altruism has some legs. And so what I've just built is a little scoreboard. So what we discussed last week imagine if we, when we've got an automated system we'll have this so last week i just built that um so it's like the bare minimum keep track of our deeds give them points give them a title and then it just shows us last week this week um how we're doing and ivanka can put in her recurring things and maybe i'll put in one one day when i do something but also you you shared with me this website goodandkind.org which is yeah. a similar concept well they tie in kind acts to well it's very interesting because they quantify they give you a list of possible good things you can do 
Mm. They give each a happiness rating and a cost benefit to society. Like they put a financial number on that. And I think that's that's really due diligence on a level that I hadn't really thought about. I was kind of more thinking about our system being, I think the conversations around how many points you should get are quite interesting. I thought that could probably like expand out into a, into a community. You just put your thing up and then people can have like vote on how many points they, you, you can put what you think and that's your score, but you, you could sort of get these kind of, it's the stack overflow thing. You get the people that are experts in the scoring, but then you also get people discussing, is that a good thing? How good is that? And I think you could get some interesting debates going on, yeah. on on this thing. Whereas they've sort of gone away and done a lot of academic research and sort of quantified these things, you know, quite a comp- compelling way it's all well designed looks good yeah, yeah, yeah i haven't signed up which i think i will just to try it out just i've signed up so now they've got 201 users i saw 200. 201 <laughs> so i don't know what they're doing wrong there but i mean my no. i did have a bit of a gut kind of anger reaction to it because Partly just because, I, I, why do I never do competitor analysis? Why do I never remember to just see if something exists? But also, and I'll, I'll take you through this journey, like I was looking at all the things and going, these all seem stupid. Like, look up for, I mean, and like, obviously if I start reading them out, I'm going to sound like a terrible person for saying, <laughs> buy from a vending machine and leave it. Print and share a group photo. Invite someone to your table. Yes. De-ice a car and leave books on the bus or train. And I'm like, uh. yeah. I, then- I, I did have a bit of the, you know, I, I, I had the same response as you in that uh, I shop at Infinity Foods in Brighton, which is Britain's first organic supermarket. But they had this magazine at the at the till called Positive News, and I thought, oh, mm. well, that looks good. It's not cheap, but I had a flick through. It's quite good, lots of good stories, lots of nice things in there, worth the read. Um, and this was one of the things that was mentioned. And so I went to look it up and I was like, oh, they've done that thing that we're thinking of doing and, oh, let's have a look. And then, But then I read some of the things that they're suggesting and like you, I thought, yeah, there were some very nice ideas. But I, And then there were some that I also thought were a bit sort of lame. <laughs> it's, it's got a bit of a, it's got a whiff of that. They're sort of presenting it with this like glow of you'll feel like a good person. You'll be happy yeah. because you're such a good, fucking but- wonderful person. <laughs> and that is something that is quite prevalent in, it sort of kind of touches the same buttons as those adverts, like a John Lewis advert or something. <laughs> it's like, it feels kind of dishonest somehow and it feels smug yeah but i i mean i I, that's not to say that in the same way that just having a little league table for a week probably made me tick off things that had been in the back of my mind but i hadn't done you know like it forced me to just probably act where i might have just made myself a cup of tea instead or the difference between ours and theirs is ours is a bit more cutthroat competitive (laughs) Right. It's yeah. it's none of this. Our, our thing isn't about like, oh, you'll feel so happy. Although I did like my my last build of it had like, let's record your happiness and how satisfied you are with things, because I think that's a measure and a reason to do it. But really, the drive, the reason that I got out of bed at six o'clock in the bloody morning to go and help some bloody kids talk about solving the poverty stigma. Why am I doing this? Because I want those five points because I don't want Ivanka <laughs> to win three weeks in a row and she's given me an opportunity to actually get something and like it's it's 
I think for stuff to work, it has it can't all be la 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 warm glow. I can't even find the scoreboard on this thing. I signed up to try and find this leaderboard, but I can find it. Whereas I think putting that front and center going, no, you have to also potentially feel bad. I saw a Samaritans ad this morning. It was a video, but it talked about the importance of talking to strangers. You know how mm. you and I mm. talked about, um, you know, a I'll talk to some random at a bus stop just because I do. <laughs> and you're like, what do I say? But it, they, the Samaritans talked about the fact that, you know, you never know which conversation or which little morning or, oh, this chilly today, isn't it? Or just snap somebody out of... A, you know, a negative spiral for a moment, just change their, their thought processes. So, you know, I think going about doing good is, you know, I want to live in that world where that's what people are doing. Well, yeah. Doing one thing is obviously yeah. like it's a drop in the ocean and it feel, it, it is nothing really. But yeah. a commitment to doing one thing every week starts yeah. to add up. And now by the, you know, in five years, what's that like 260 little things I've done in the world? Two little, Ooh. 260 little loving, positive things I've done in the world. That's a lot now. Like that starts to feel like something. And if I can get to two things a week, that's 520 little things that I've done in five years. And you, so if, if our average score is like 10, like just... That starts to feel like a lot of good karma, a lot of goodwill, a lot of... You start to feel like you can actually... OK, it's a tiny thing today, but because it's repeated, that is now enormous. Yeah. This cumulative effect is not to be ignored at all. And I think it's just because, for example, with climate change, there is so much to do and we need such big structural changes doesn't mean that doing the little things are pointless it really doesn't it does add up yeah if you start to add up to hundreds of little things yeah. that's not just one little that's not one plastic fork anymore that's a box of plastic forks that you've taken out of the world good stuff if everyone takes a box of those things out of the world we can, we might we might get somewhere <laughs> Just heard Nick on the phone going on about veganuary. Oh, you're not there. The, the hardest thing I find to do, the thing I really don't want to do, is something you've touched on already, which is this how to talk to strangers. How to break out of, like, I just want to talk to Sharon and you and like four or five other people <laughs> in the world. And every, every, anyone else feels like, I just. And also this kind of anxiety about them thinking I have an ulterior motive or maybe thinking, am I doing this for the right reasons? Or, like, I find it very, very hard to, you know, cross that divide. I'm not in the habit of it at all. I think it's very limiting in terms of my ability to do good, my ability to feel good as well. I mean, how would you snap someone out of that habit into your habit, which seems to be, hey, hello. You know, which is, as soon as you start doing it, I think it's quite effortless. I think things that make me more comfortable talking to strangers or just in a shop going, hi, 
is that I, I kind of have set phrases. Right. Like one of the things I remember, I worked in a bar once. I was covering in a bar for the evening and it was in central London. And most of the attendees of this party in Soho were from Manchester because somebody was having a party and they got loads of their mates from Manchester come down. And I often helped out at this bar on a Saturday night. And usually it was people who lived in London and were London, you know, that kind of... When these people all came down and they'd come to the bar and they'd go, please, may I have two beers? Mm. And I was like, that is so nice. I just, as the person serving them, I was just like, that may... I know, I really noticed mm. it. And I really noticed how just how much more gentle it was. Mm. And so when I go into a shop, I've now got into the habit since then of going, please, may I have a flat white? (laughs) Please, may I have a whatever it is? And actually, I think for me personally, starting the sentence with please, may I puts me in kind of politer mode. Mm rather than you can have a water and a coffee and a cat, you know, mm. whatever. You know, it sort of re- reminds me to stop and say, you know, please may I. Again, this is something my dad and I used to do <laughs> together. It was like a little activity, go into English shops and see if it could make people laugh. And my mum does it now. And my mum does it when on Branch, there's a one woman in the local supermarket is really miserable my mum dedicated sort of three weeks of daily visits to try and see if she could make a <laughs> smile <laughs> but it's like instead of getting offended by the miserable person sort of like seeing how much you can engage them in conversation until they have to sort of acknowledge you sounds like hell sounds like murder <laughs> it sounds yeah, like it hell sounds like the worst thing well, i can imagine I- what it's like someone trying like to going do back to someone that's been unimpressed or just grumpy and trying to like persisting with it sounds like a nightmare. I think it's a weird thing because I put on this super polite persona. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, yes, very good. Because it's like a game. It's like super polite Ivanka. <laughs> it's not the Ivanka who's on, a, on the phone to her mates going, oh, so-and-so said mm. this. And that. It's Ivanka going, hi, this is my I'm out and about persona. Good morning. Yes, I'd love some of that. Thank you very much. That'd be very nice. And actually it makes everything a bit happier. I was on the train yesterday and there was a mum with a baby that was grizzling. We were waiting to get off and there was a woman, wait, there were three of us standing waiting to get off and the announcer went, sadly, Southern didn't provide any onboard staff today. And I went, mm, I think it's much sadder that we're late. <laughs> and I, For me, that's the saddest thing about this. It's not really about you, Michael, mm. or me, Ivanka. It's about a human being walks into a shop and says, good morning, loud enough for everybody in the shop to hear. As my late father would say, dogs sniff each other's asses when they see each other. The very least humans can do is say good morning. What's a thing that you really don't feel like doing that you figured out how to do or haven't figured out how to do? I don't really like getting on top of my finances. Right. Mm. 
looking at money. But I have observed in the same way that weighing myself regularly helps me stay on yeah. top of my weight. Actually, I just had this conversation with my sister. And we talked about the fact that both our partners look at their bank balance every morning. <laughs> and that that is enough for you to go, you know, like they always know how much money they've got. So I've started doing that. And actually, it allows me to notice when money's gone out of my account that I hadn't anticipated. Oh, look, I paid for that. And then I've actually got money back on things and had refunds because I'm like, uh, actually, no, I didn't sign up for a repeat on this. Or if I did, that was by mistake. Please, can you refund me or whatever? You know, the thing with looking at money and planning things that's difficult is just if there's nothing you could do either way, it's very hard to kind of look at it then. It's like, well, I have no agency. There's no action I can take to change this. So why would I look at it? It's easy to get stuck in there. Yeah, but I think what it does in the same way that weighing myself gives me that reminder to go, oh, actually, that's the top end of what you like to weigh. Let's not have that extra slice of cake. In that same way, knowing what my bank balance is and having had a look at it in the mornings like a check-in to myself so then when I walk into a shop or something or walk past a shop I go yeah no I don't want to do that because so the agency you do have is to not make it worse mm. yeah yeah <laughs> you know, yeah no of it, course yeah as no, long that's as you, absolutely you know. it's insane isn't it <laughs> like you just think like as soon as you've sort of bought one thing on the credit card it just like releases you just start like uh whatever now that's done now i think that's the same reflex as that if i broke the chain then it's it's all over anyway and but over the last couple of weeks i've been a lot more conscious of the ways in which people are forgiving themselves for not doing a perfect job and then achieving good things and like you know getting the video out even if it was four days late because i always think if you start to kind of make excuses for missing your target even before you've already got there then then you're not really getting the motivational factor of that deadline. But the flip side of that is that if you miss the deadline, then everything is lost. And like, so softening those things, I think, something I can certainly learn to do. I did listen to this podcast called Pineapple something, Pineapple Report. It's an Australian woman talking about women's finances. Mm. Uh, she was on The Guilty Feminist and I went and downloaded her podcast. One thing that has proved... So she has a scientist or somebody who knows about finance and somebody says something and then that's the episode and mm. there's another one. But one of the ones that there seems to be strong evidence behind is having a, a picture of what you're trying to achieve. Mm. And if you have a picture of what you're trying to achieve, then it's much easier to stick to mm. your goal. It's much easier... As with our, you know, done good table, our league table and recording this podcast is I am quite clear that I want the world to be better than Mm. it is. And if I it is quite motivating to have a very clear picture of that in my head. There was a Will Self, um, somebody shared, he said, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to tell your children you were doing when the climate was collapsing? Mm. And I think that is a good question, whether you have children or not. It's like, how do you want history to judge you? I want history to judge me, even if we fail, mm. as somebody who, you know, wasn't sitting in a... In fact, I don't know if on podcast I've told this story about the Dr. Zhivago movie. I'm sure yeah. I have. The protesters start singing, the army opens fire on them, and there is silence for a moment in the restaurant. And then somebody went... 
you know, oh, they say they're hungry or something and everyone went, ha, 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 and they continued to dance. And I don't want to be one of those people that dances. For me, that is quite a vivid picture of who I don't want to be. And that I find personally quite motivating in a world of, shall I spend the whole of my Saturday doing something that, like you say, may or may not have an effect. I think it's got a good chance of having an effect and you have no idea who you who you motivated, who you influenced on that day, or the fact that you helped that day happen, what reach that's going to have. But being somebody who gave it a go, I think is far more uh, important to me. So what I take from that as well is you. what helps you do the stuff you don't want to do is knowing why you want to do it. It's having that vision, it's having that mission, it's having that yeah. scoreboard... <laughs> Like, I'm going to do something I don't feel like doing because it gets me closer to this vision I have of what I want. And just as another, as a story I'd add to that, I mean, my thoroughly mediocre music career is partly a result of, I've never really done a lot of those, any, anything particularly terrifying, but that's partly because I've never managed to crystallise a vision of what, I, what, what success looks like, of what I am really trying to achieve. I do pay attention to the fact that people we see as most successful, rich and famous in our society are terribly unhappy. I've never wanted to be a Kurt Cobain. I recorded some pretty simplistic music and then had to blow my brains out because people made me play it over and over and over and over and over again until I just couldn't take it anymore. That's something that's always been in my mind. But the sort of success that you know you imagine you you want as a musician is very much that's probably the way to do it is to have something a bit more simplistic a bit more accessible that you're going to pay the price for that in terms of I've never been that interested in performing the same thing over and over again I've never had this vision of what true success looks like to force myself to do something I don't want to do to get towards that the instance of this doing mm. good business all that's happened over time is that it's become more urgent mm. the climate crisis has become more urgent in my lifetime the political landscape well, yeah. in the world has become more yeah. urgent and therefore that's become a more but that's why we do we're doing this podcast we're not doing this podcast to work on our finances or our music careers or our careers we're doing it because of the state of the mm. world so that's for me a very easy picture to hold mm where I struggle. And the financial thing, I've certainly got so much better at in the last 10 years because I've had more people to care about mm. and more people I'm responsible for. So that's that. But the thing like my actual career, the thing that I struggle with often when you use the word crystallize, mm. sometimes I, I encounter somebody and I think, you know, why am I not CEO of mm. X or come on, you should be that or you get brought in by somebody and you go, do you know, what? I could do your job so much better than you. And you're just, you know, and I'm not that's I don't think that's particularly arrogant. I've been doing what I've been doing for 20 years. I'm allowed to know what I'm good at. However, for me, the thing that stopped me committing often it all, you know, like I, I, I want to be good at what I do, but I've never chased the job title type thing. It's because I, I, I like my freedom. Mm. 
<laughs> I think slowly, slowly, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I like my freedom mm. in a way that prevents me from going, right, the job you want is, you know, some three-letter acronym, CDO, mm. CEO, CCO, something that starts with a C. And uh, <laughs> I think not having a clear picture for ages, I thought, was something that meant I was doing something wrong. But I don't, I'm not sure that it, you know, for me, there isn't one. Is it? Do you think there's a factor of like the sort of more ambitious or the bigger, or perhaps the more unrealistic that vision is the more horrible things you're going to go through because you think it's going to get there and I've seen this I've, I've, I've felt kind of sad for people like running like a marketing agency never going home spending their entire life on a thing that for, what what is your vision of this do you think that it's going to change once do you think when you get enough money and status within this company that your life in future is somehow going to be better or you're just on a path yeah. to spending your entire life with no freedom stressed out not seeing the people you love and then sort of like you go on holiday and you kind of like release the pressure a bit but then you're sort of strained i'm like that is not an appealing way of living and i feel sad for people that are trapped in that and maybe people just have to maybe they genuinely do have to go through that but, I mean, it is different, like, working a shit job because it's the only one you can get versus really, like, sacrificing, f in my opinion, far too much to something, to having that sort of status job when I, I, don't, I don't know why you'd do that to yourself. There's lots of things that we're talking about today that actually I, I kind of... I now kind of understand how we got here because like all that, you know, the happiness episode mm. talks about how, you know, why you do things, but also when we talked about... The death episode, which is very scarily named, mm. but it's really about change. Mm. I expect change mm. to be done to yeah. me. So therefore, you know, my personal bag of, of baggage that I carry around is to do with having bad things happen around me. So therefore committing to some sort of idea that I can, that, you know, if I set out a career path and chase it, that that's what's going to happen. I'd far rather be ready to you know, turn on a sixpence and go on a, down in a different mm. direction if necessary. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's our personality, psychology. And I do, I do value time with the people that I love over, I mean, when I worked for Canonical, my husband and mother were about to stage an intervention. Mm. Well, if I hadn't have left, I mean, they were going to make me leave. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I was <laughs> like, shocked that you still, you know, can't believe you. But you know what I mean? So it's like I was... My quality of life was severely impaired yeah. by the the pressure of yeah, that yeah. job and the so you know n far from me going well you know I with salary oh what about my I was like fuck all that <laughs> shit <laughs> never mind yeah. any of that we'll sort that out.
you have this idea that if you work and work and grind and grind, you might win that Oscar, you might win, you know, win that race, you might get that qualification. But then life goes on. And that what now? And often people like they reach that kind of pinnacle of achievement and then massive depression because it's like, well, where do I go from here? I've, I've sort of got to the top. But yeah. there is. But then I was thinking there is something transformative about achieving one of those types of things. It's like now I am Oscar winner so and so. Now I am qualified in this for the rest of my life. But then, I mean, maybe we overestimate the importance, the importance of those transformational achievements. I was having a conversation with my brother recently. I was like, waiting for those transformational moments because when that happens, I will be happy yeah. is what's wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when I have got this promotion, then I will see my family. Then I will do this. Then I will do that. Postponing these things, I think what what slowly over the years, and I definitely, I 100%, you know, this is not an overnight sort of epiphany mm. that came to me, but there's like slowly learning the pillars in my life that matter to me and setting the sort of like, here's a, a, a layer below which I'm not willing to go. Mm. I I would perhaps consider committing to one day a week where I don't see my child, mm. but that's about as much mm. as I want to do. And if it was every week, not sure how mm. I'd feel about that. So, you know, this kind of thing. So when somebody said, oh, there's a great job in the Midlands, <laughs> no thanks. You know, it's like, oh, there's it. I'm not, never mind that it's the Midlands. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, you'd only be away two nights. Ooh. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah. You know, I'm, I miss her. She misses me. I'd like to see her. That doesn't mean that I haven't been away from her, but it's that kind of like, you know, I like coming home to my husband. I like coming home. Yeah. For that, I'm willing to not drive a Mercedes. Mm. <laughs> That's what floats someone else's boat. You know the, what I mean? The, the like... flip side of being having those achievements is now it's like, how could this be happening to me? I've got an Oscar. No, life is still... The same yeah, bullshit will still, still affect you. The days still go on. And it, now it's just like you're going to be working just as hard as you ever were, except now you haven't even got that <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing yeah. to look forward to. That, And it's like, but you've, that's the precedent yeah, you've yeah, set. Yeah. So on the one hand, there's this like, how do you make yourself do things you don't want to do? You do it because you've got a reason, a thing that you're shooting for. But also, yeah. like, should you do the things that you don't want to do? Because... Yeah, well, you should look at those reasons that you are doing things that you don't want to do because there may be it may be the thing you're shooting for is not worth that sacrifice. What you want, and yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to you've got to think what what happens the next day after I achieve that. I think in your you know big bang, doing something good mm. like we were talking about at the beginning, the argument for for the little bits and pieces all the time versus the one big job that's going to earn you fifty five yeah, points. Yeah. <laughs> is you do have to try and be happy every day or yeah, not be you know be doing something every day rather than postponing yeah. you know sort of saving up and I, that doesn't mean that like i don't know you want to lose weight and you've got to run for three months to lose weight that's not i don't mean you've got to mm. do achieve everything yeah. in a day but making little steps towards the thing you're trying to achieve every day i think is you know or checking in with yourself for a little while every day is a kind of a it builds yeah, yeah, definitely and it, and i can and it see all that comes a bit easier your, the fact that you've basically got the same score scores. as me even though i uh, really <laughs> like had to kind of bite the bullet on something i didn't feel like doing <laughs> I 
kind of round up just by kind of a bit of a mission statement for me that came out of doing this thing on Saturday. So I wrote this in an email to Lizzie when she sort of asked for some feedback, but I just felt like I, I, I wanted to write this down uh, because it sort of partly came out of what I saw. The, that I sort of partly I saw them despite having an awareness of certain things still kind of falling into the same traps here and there. Yeah, so I've got a clearer idea of which major problem I'd like to try and change in society. So I, eco is cool, but I, I don't know if that's my thing. Like, I, I want to do better, right. but I don't think that's my mission in life, right? Uh, I, I will help. I will not make it worse, but I don't know if it's my mission in life. Um, yeah. I, but here's the thing. I think we're far too obsessed with success stories and the idea that as individuals, we can employ hard work to somehow escape the drudgeries of life. It's about this survivor bias that means we ignore the millions of people who work hard all their lives but don't achieve breakaway wealth and glory. It's this idea that we're all on the brink of winning the lottery or winning Britain's Got Talent combined with a reluctance to look back at those who aren't as well off as we are because we work so hard to escape the poverty they still suffer means our democracy has been poisoned as people vote to protect what little they have or might achieve instead of voting to create a state that works to keep 100% of its population out of poverty. So it's basically Alain de Botton's a society of winners versus a society of losers. A society of winners, kind of the people that are doing well have unbelievable, amazing stuff and then everyone else can just go to hell. Whereas a society of losers, you have ideas like universal basic income. Everyone is looked after. No one is trapped. I want to I be part of changing that way people look at the way they vote because if we can get people voting to, to look after the people that aren't doing as well versus yeah. oh i oh well i've i've got to vote conservative because i've eked out this kind of mediocre success compared to where i was before and i want to protect it at all costs if we could change that mentality in society i think we could turn everything around i'm with you <laughs> So all I can do, all my comments will be just processing mm. and agreeing. You know, I think we've, we, A, we have talked about mm. this. And, you know, that's one bit of engagement we have had on Twitter. Somebody going, I love this line, vote as though you're going to mm. fail. You know, like, it could be you. I think It will be you, even if this, you're young or when you're old. You. You're going to need this stuff. Yet. And when you are in yeah. A&E for seven hours with a kidney stone, you'll wish that there was a proper welfare state. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. There's the, there's that. There's also this fact of whatever you are, whatever your goals are, whatever you're trying to achieve, wherever you've come from, whatever's going on, learning how to be happy, every, or not even be happy, just to be okay, you know, every, every, day, day, every day with where you are. It's not about being positive. It's not. It's just being a, a, not being torn up about what you don't mm. have every yeah. day and just being happy with what you do have every day and keep working for more if that's what you know like mm. whatever you're but, also but not feeling like I you're trapped this whole, in this thing i just this yeah, you know, i listened to a very good universal basic income podcast episode this week a guy that's running for running for government running for the u.s president job i think it's a it's a complex it's a subject that I, I don't think you'll succeed just because people have that initial reaction and no matter how well you explain it it's always going to be that like thing with people but imagine if nobody was forced to do shit they really don't want to do there's that martin luther king quote i don't know if it's come up here i sure i'm sure it mm. has 
Oh, it definitely has because I found the link on our page to send it to somebody mm. else. <laughs> but it's that whole to ask a man who doesn't have boots to mm. pull himself up by his bootstraps is just wrong. Yeah. You know, like I thought the topic of that particular Think Nation event was your bag is <laughs> because I know you have thoughts and empathy for that problem in the world and that's particular one and I think that this whole you know stigmatize the stigma of poverty is you know it's a terrible affliction yeah. on society yeah how, I think. like the way this guy Having, put it was like can you blame truck drivers for their jobs being suddenly automated how is that their fault but yet we do yeah. think that we look at people who are in poverty and we think, oh, they're less than us. We think they're worse than us. They're not. What the hell? Like, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there because it's, I agree. <laughs> so other than what do we do? <laughs> the fact is I have no ideas did, on this yet, right? But it's something I kind of want to focus on. I think, and I'll link the YouTube video and the Potons one yeah. as well because it sort of summarises it quite well. What I would like to say to this is because this has come up this week, f it for us as well. Sort of members of the broader family are uh, there's been like finally there was a, a, a frank conversation about Brexit. wasn't I wasn't in the conversation, mm. but it's like actually, you know, how do we have conversations with the people that we disagree with yeah. so profoundly if you're presented with somebody going well nobody gave me a and i'm all right and all that and this happened to me you know that kind of like and i and i brought up the example because the conversation was being relayed to me because their motivations were selfish mm. the ideas were selfish and i was like you know if i was selfish i would have been voting conservative for a very mm. long time if I had that same rationale, I don't. I think, in a way, I'm being selfish, not voting conservative because I want just. I want to live in a night, you know, with lots of happy people mm -hmm. around me. So, in a way, I'm being, I think, differently selfish. But like, if you only are self-serving, how do you like? How do I have a conversation with somebody who I consider to be self-serving and I consider to be selfish about something? How do we persuade somebody? I think there are selfish reasons to do this. I don't think you have to sacrifice any self-interest to to want sort of like these values to be prevalent, I, to, to, to do this, because you just look at that, like everyone got paid the same factory thing. If everyone, if no one is in poverty, it's just nicer. Yeah, life's better. Life is just better for everyone. But how do, how do you explain that to somebody who's angry yeah yeah well or... and i've got some experience with anger as well so hopefully i can bring something to that but i really think it doesn't have to feel like a sacrifice it doesn't have to feel like you're losing something i think it's all self-interest and i think it all kind of comes into the same thing and i think the problem is you think that you're behaving in a way that is good for yourself by protecting the little you have whereas the truth of it is much more complex than that and it's like how do you how do you kind of like help people see the kind of bigger picture it's like how do you get people to look beyond the way i have struggled with this week beyond well this one thing can't make any difference but if you kind of accumulate it and see how it accumulates you can suddenly kind of blow open this understanding of things on this very topic i met up with three former colleagues at king's cross st pancras tuesday mm. evening we met in a champagne bar we drank imported mm. wine <laughs> and we discussed politics and uh, we were talking about the 
you know, like with Brexit, you either have kind of an ap- apocalyptic view of what's going to happen or a sort of denial view of what's going to happen. And then you've got these like, if you're in the apocalyptic world and then you bring in the wizards versus prophets conversation that I was talking about, it's like, look, you know, in the apocalyptic scenario, there could be a Mad Max scenario or there could be like a hippie commune scenario where we all help each other out and knit socks out of our head. You know, I don't really mind necessarily, I'm not necessarily bothered about an apocalyptic scenario as long as it's the commune one where we all sort things out together rather than I'm not, I'm really not up for the Mad Max version. Um, the sort of libertarian, everyone for themselves. Because it doesn't uh, work anyway. Sure. Like, is, you, know, you just look at a bit of game theory, you can see that selfishness kind of doesn't pay doesn't, off. Doesn't work. Thanks for listening. <coughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, this week and extra special thanks to Ivanka for fighting through this cough and I'd never quite realised yeah so she's been uh, soldiering on <laughs> to be a bit patronising thanks me. thanks thanks um, if you like the podcast I am a survivor <laughs> survivor um, <laughs> if you like the podcast uh, come to grandpodcast.com and subscribe uh, using the big orange button that's on there how can, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. And <coughs> Michael's going to have to ask you to write reviews this week. Oh dear, Ivanka says so she's just <laughs> sacrificed her throat for the rest of the weekend, probably, for this performance. So, you know, we've, we've put some blood into this, blood and tears. Um, you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com. And if you would, please come and write us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. I think there's that people say that thing about, yeah, find a recent episode, give it some stars, give it some some comments. Um, one day I might even read one because I, I don't like being reviewed, but <laughs> just for the for the heuristics. Don't of the, put people off. Well, Michael. you don't need me I to read have them read all. it. But, well, if you tweet, if you email, I'll read it. But the reviews I tend to steer clear of. But just do it more for the algorithms. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thanks. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, and we'll um, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 bye.